0: This is Coda Radio, Episode 1, 2, 3, for October 13th, 2014. Everyone and welcome to Coda Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this year show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us every single week is our excellent host, established on the East Coast, Mr. Michael Dominic. Hey there, Michael.
1: Whoa. That was the eagle of truth.
0: No, no, that's not the eagle of truth. That's the that's the eagle of fear. Because the eagle of truth sounds a little something like... A little bit like that. That's what the eagle of truth no, sounds I'm, like. I'm
1: pretty sure that's the thing. Wait a minute. That's from a cartoon. Wait a minute. <laughs>
0: Wait, what? Wait. Actually, I have something to tell you right here on the Quota Radio program. This is a big confession that only my wife Angela knows about, but I'm prepared to comes. tell you. Here it I, comes. I, I am prepared to tell you this. I, I I don't... Oh God, I hope I don't ruin this for everybody. That's actually a hawk. It's not an eagle. (gasps)
1: Uh, Okay. So so you kind of, you know, you were kind of a prick tease there. (laughs) Uh, Chris is indeed admitting to something today. (laughs) We have no topic. We have two feedback emails. Yeah.
0: And you're going to call me out and you're going to use this episode.
1: He is being called to account for his sins against you, Mm. the naive Linux user. I mean, the Linux user. Oh, wow.
0: Oh, wow. So you're saying I have led people astray and today.
1: You are like the false prophet.
0: Uh-huh. A plant, you might say.
1: I, I Dare I say, a pair.
0: Can we say a black ops operative or something like that? Because that sounds you're, really cool.
1: Damn it. You know what I just realized? The, uh what? The secret spy agency in, um, what is it, Archer? Archer. Or yeah. Did you see that? ISIS? They're renaming it. They actually <laughs> announced they, pick,
0: re- they are going to rename it.
1: What are they calling it? I don't
0: know. It's a shame, yeah. though. It's a real loss. I think that's a huge you're loss.
1: Like, you're like the James Bond, the MI6. Yeah of Linux FUD.
0: Right. And I've, I, it's a long plant, too. I'm in here for the long ops. I'm like, I've been in so long, like, you know, when they put people in the drug trade and they go in for so long, they end up starting doing drugs and selling drugs, and you can't tell if they're actually part of it, if they're still a cop, and somebody has to go in and pull them out and see if they're still in the game or if they've completely flipped over and they're playing both sides. That's me. That's, that's, so we're going to get to that today, after our feedback. So I guess that means the topics that I chose... <laughs> We're just going to get rid of those, because those were not nearly as good as what I think you have planned. Uh, so we will start. We will, we will get going. Although I do have an outrageously great pick that we have to get to by the end of the show, which will be worth listening to the entire episode for, I promise you. At least if you live anywhere near a, a, one of these restaurants we're going to talk about. But Anon writes in. Oh, boy. This is already going to get us going, I can tell. Anon.
1: See? We're start- see? Mm-hmm. They've seen through your lies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Zabu is our next writer. Ooh, oh,
0: I- <laughs> hey, chat room, don't forget to bang suggest our live chat rooms here. Yeah. yeah, you
1: ever get a weird feeling about that guy that he's, like, you know, not exactly being honest with you?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, so hey, Mike and Chris. I write applications for Linux, and I'm a contributor to a young distro. They try to attract developers by using BountySource.com to pay them for their contributions, and it's good beer money, but not enough to survive. Right now, I'm in college and can do open source development for almost free, but I don't know what I'll do when I graduate and I need to learn a, a living. P.S. I don't want to become a corporate drone and being an Indian disqualifies from doing freelance work since Indians are pretty much all in the same basket look forward looking forward to the show. So his question is 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 he going to have to give up on his dream of plugging away at open source to get a job is there a way to make him? what do you what do you think his question really is here Mike because that's kind of what I was sensing is it
1: I think that is his question and I'd love to hear your lies and propaganda.
0: Wow, wow, this is oh this is thick. Well, you know, here's how I look at it. Uh you know, sometimes we're too hard on the whole corporate Job thing. I think. Uh, I think there is a place for a person to have a nine to five job and be extremely satisfied with that. In fact, there's a ton of benefits to not having to dedicate your entire life and constantly, you know, have something that's a, a work life balance that's this massive struggle, and just be able to have a job that goes into a box and it stays mostly, for the most part, inside that box. And there is nothing wrong with picking that if that makes you happy. So don't consider it a drone. You know, is
1: this box perfectly rectangular with white and a silver logo? Is, (sighs) Is that the box you're talking about?
0: Wow, wow! No, I'm not talking about an Apple. Product box. I,
1: I didn't say Apple. Oh, you're you're oh you're you're leading us down the path now. Uh, I'm just saying that you, you know your message.
0: I feel like I'm going to need to get the mumble room on here to give me a little backup today because I this is uh, this is going bad so far. Uh, no,
1: you're alone. You're, you're you're on the stand here. You're getting cross examined for your lies. Okay. All
0: right. Okay. So I would say, but to that end, uh, if it's your passion, you'll probably still work on it regardless. Just maybe not as much, but you'll probably still contribute. Uh, most people do. In fact, some ways it's a good way to scratch that itch that you don't get to scratch at your nine to five job.
1: Yeah, and I, I one thing I would say like, um, so you're working on an open source repo. Um, I'm sorry, distro, not repo. I've been in Git all day today. I think. Is it's there any of, other any think, more marketable open source things you'd be interested in? I, I mean, the distro,
0: of, I think the distro he's working on is pretty high profile. Oh, is it? Yeah.
1: Do you know what distro it is? Yeah, I think so. Why don't you say so?
0: Well, because he, he wrote in as anonymous, and he didn't name the distro, so I'm guessing... Is it
1: because you don't want to advertise a Linux distro that competes with other <laughs> Unix-based operating systems? I will
0: say this particular distro is extremely, extremely fickle about their image.
1: Is it elementary? Yes. <laughs> I was just saying elementary is in the school or, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. simple. Oh, sure, yeah, right. See?
0: <laughs> you got see me, like...
1: people, what he gave you in? It, not even – I didn't even have to interrogate him. He I, gave I, you yeah, guys I'm, I'm right. I'm totally up. a
0: plant. I'm totally a plant. He totally is. Yeah.
1: He's, like, uh, he's at the very least a collaborator. So
0: I actually think that's a great project to be involved with from a public standpoint because that's a good way – Oh, know, sure. Yeah. Of
1: course you would think that. That's like as close to OS X as you can get.
0: Oh, my goodness. <sighs> okay. All
1: right. All right. No, but honestly, seriously, all I have to say to you is Docker.
0: Docker is awesome. You can
1: totally get a great job, and make a lot of money working in open source. Look at the Docker people. You
0: know what? If you, yeah, if you want, yeah, Docker is, oh my gosh, the way to make money right now. If you are yeah, a
1: Docker's Do- the shit. Like, you
0: know, if I was gonna, you know what? Actually, to tell you hundred percent truth, this podcasting thing busted tomorrow. I'd become a Docker consultant, and I would say I specialize in Docker management. Uh, uh,
1: Chris, now we know that's a lie because Docker does not run an OS ten server very well. <laughs>
0: Actually, <laughs> i think it isn't that, isn't that something they've been working on? Is uh... All right, well, PT Dave's here. He's waiting for us to get to his email. He wrote in to give us an update on how the training's going. Uh, he says, teaching thus far. He says, hey, guys, I thought I'd check in and let you know how things are going with the teaching program and how it's been going so far. It's been amazing when it comes to my programming classes. I feel I've already achieved a larger understanding with my students than any of my previous teachers ever I had done. I have been going with a model of handing uh, assignments out of improving a previous assignment to do something more effectively or in an alternative way, while it makes the assignment short and simple, I feel it lets them understand things in a better way. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. He even he, even little brain teasers of how to find prime uh, has worked really well. If for nothing else, doing this has helped me decide that I never want to do a computer. I never want to do computer repair again. So that's my new ultimate goal. Also, the comments on Zamarian were very greatly appreciated and helped me stop stop me from purchasing a license from them. PT Dave. So what do you think of this? So he's having them create something, and then for the next assignment, he's kind of having them iterate on it and improve it a little bit. That's a great idea, huh?
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that's how software development works. And I just want to just wanna fast forward a little bit. So okay. the uh, comments about Xamarin helped you out there, huh? By the way, it is Xamarin, not Z-marian.
0: Xamarin. Xamarin, Zamarian, Xamarian, whatever.
1: See, it's your blatant disrespect for the I... .NET community, <laughs> which who hates the .NET community?
0: There you go. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, PT Dave, thank you very much for the update. I really feel like I'm about to get a ribbing. All right, but before we get to that ribbing, uh, I want to mention our first sponsor today, and that is Linux Academy. Go over to linuxacademy.com slash coders to get our discount on your Linux Academy subscription. And the best part about your subscription is once you have it, you get access to all of the content that they have and all of the new content that they're constantly adding. It's a course. It's sort of like uh, you can set your own course, And I think one of the nice things about that is for somebody who has limited time, you can actually have them you can take advantage of their learning plans and have it automatically tailored to what your availability is. So then it's sort of customizing it to you, And then you choose from 7 Plus Linux distributions. They automatically adjust the courseware to match the distribution you've chosen, which is really handy, especially if you have to jump distros from, say, like CentOS to Ubuntu LTS or something like that. You can kind of realign right away and reorient yourself. Their, their, their learning plans will also kind of give you reminders of, hey, you've got this coming up down the road, so make sure you get your study time in and you can check yourself. When you log in, you'll get a very clear picture of how much work you have to do, how long everything's going to take. They'll give you introductions to each part with rich downloads that you can keep offline and read. Often they'll have video and audio commentary. A lot of the courses are supplemented by live streams where you can ask the instructors questions because the great thing about Linux Academy is behind Linux Academy are people that are super passionate about Linux and people that are super passionate about education. They came together with the know of how to develop a great back-end system, and that's why when your courseware requires a virtual server, they automatically spin it up for you on demand. You can go to linuxacademy.com/coders to learn more. They have open stack there now, full courseware on AWS, virtualization, rsync, the lamp stack, PHP, Ruby, all of that. If you end up getting somewhere where you just need to polish up your skills a little bit, if you want to test yourself, if you want to see what interests you, you can do that over at linuxacademy.com/coders And don't forget, they've also got a great community that can help push you along if you get stuck somewhere or give you that encouragement. They've also got instructor help available and a brand new website. Go over to linuxacademy.com slash coders and check out that great new site. And a big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder radio program, linuxacademy.com slash coders. Okay, Mr. Dominic, so uh, a lot of people this week are talking about everything except for Windows and Windows 10 because nobody really cares about Windows 10 for the most part, right? Uh, keep going. No, I'm just asking. Uh, so, okay, let's recap. So uh, Windows 10 is actually Windows 9, but uh, because Microsoft screwed the pooch so bad with Windows 8 and they now have to sort of tacitly publicly admit it by naming their next product Windows 10 and then come up with all these adorable excuses like, oh, well, it's our long-term version. Oh, well, there's some code that checks for the 9... And so, you know, we wanted to make sure that that didn't bust. Oh, you, they got all these really great reasons, but we all know it's to distance it from Windows 8 because it's a platform that's becoming less and less irrelevant. In fact, I can't even think of one of the top apps that anybody's cared about that shipped on the Windows platform in the last couple of years.
1: I'm trying to think of one.
0: I know, right? It's pathetic. And it you would think it would be at least one.
1: Uh, well, the Metro Tweet's pretty cool, but that's, you know, you can, yeah, that's fair. I mean, tweet Tech for Chrome is better. So that's, I mean, Metro t- eh.
0: And, you know, isn't it interesting, too, what what kind of an abysmal fail the software store is on Windows? So I don't think it's
1: that terrible. Like, I've bought software from the Windows store. I think the yeah. The biggest well, issue was that they were greedy for numbers. Say
0: fingertip, they, but say fingertip tech was going to deploy a Windows application. Mm-hmm. Ideally, the Windows Store would be part of your strategy, but it could not be your whole way of selling software on well, the Windows platform.
1: If it's a Metro app, I don't know how many choices. I right? Have. No, I'm,
0: think, I'm thinking more like a, you know a full featured real application that people would want to use. <gasps>
1: oh, so right. wait, wait a minute. <clears throat> so uh, Windows 8 Metro developers aren't real developers. Is that?
0: I, I think uh, Windows 10 shows us that it didn't work, and that people want windowed applications. And it's fine. And it certainly gives developers that don't have uh, any design sense a way to develop an application that looks fairly decent. Uh, and you know,
1: wow, I, wow, design sense. So um, let me just go ahead and ask: What developers do have design sense, Chris?
0: I don't. I, I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying. Uh, so the, the, the design other platforms of that might
1: be more designed.
0: Yeah, I would say that the look of Metro is very type-focused. You know, uh, it's not very – you you don't have to go very far to make a a Metro application. So you don't have to really worry about –
1: You're going a long way not to say it, huh? What? A long way. On what platform would you say that design is paramount?
0: Probably GNOME
1: 3. And where did GNOME 3 steal all of its good ideas?
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I agree with that statement, actually. You don't know. Or, I, I actually think Yosemite just, is a pretty big I, rip-off of Gnome Three. When. Hmm.
1: I want to know who know what when.
0: Well, I, you know, that's a little bit of a rough game to play because everybody's always thought of it. Always, you can always find somebody that thought of the idea first. But, uh, uh, like, I'll give you an example. Uh, the. Uh, the client-side decorations in GNOME 3 remind me very, very much of the title bars that Twitter renders when you do like DMs and stuff. So I actually think GNOME got that idea from Twitter. And now those are being incorporated into Yosemite and things like that.
1: I'm sorry. So you're saying Yosemite is a more attractive operating system than Windows 10. I mean, basically, that's... You, yeah, you're, you're, I, I would say, say that's possible.
0: I, haven't, I actually haven't really used Windows 10, but that new start menu does look kind of like a hot mess to me.
1: How about Windows 8 and, and Mavericks? How do you feel about that?
0: You know I I actually think Explorer looks okay but I I'm just not a fan of the Metro interface or the modern interface. So,
1: so you're saying that OS10 is a more functional useful operating system.
0: That, well, yes. Yes, I do think that, yeah. Then Windows, yeah. Yeah.
1: Right, so you're you're going for go my on the use, not for everybody's use, but for OS10 is the daily driver for Jupiter broadcasting.
0: <laughs> uh for our editing stations, yeah. Uh yes or no? No, for our editing stations, yes.
1: So, so you're saying that so if look, we were to remove look, all the Macintoshes, look, from look what I have here.
0: It. What is this right here, Mr. Dominic? What is Show this on our live stream? This would be this. This. this would be right here. My daily driver, right here. One of my daily drivers. I have two daily drivers.
1: Oh, what is that? What what is this? GNOME three nonsense. Yeah. See exactly. Okay. So and so this recording is being processed on a Linux machine,
0: right? No, no. We've, we oh, we all uh, for uh, uh, what? Well, now. Uh, well, I've Windows never. Machine. I've never... Surely a Windows Vista machine. Uh, so the history of that... I've, I've talked about this before. The history of that is I actually did initially try to get the video production to work under Windows.
1: And, and Windows was not a capable operating system. I, I think we can Correct. all agree that Windows is not a capable operating system. We can, yeah. It, the question is Linux, Chris.
0: Yeah, well, it depends what you're doing, doesn't it?
1: So you're saying if you're doing real work, you can't use Linux?
0: No, because web development could be real work, and then you just could do that under Linux, no problem.
1: So if you're just tinkering with WordPress sites, you can do it on Linux, is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> you're trying to take what I'm... I was actually thinking of like Ruby on Rails development and Sublime Text is what I was actually thinking. I'm sorry,
1: go to any Rails conference and but you could. show me 10 Linux laptops.
0: You could, is what I'm saying. Now, you see you're, it's, it's functionally yeah, possible. I, I- what? What? Huh? And like, I'll give you another example. So, for the media production aspect of the job, that takes the Mac. But for the show research uh, aspect of the job, I mostly do that under Linux.
1: And so I, you're saying you're saying the killer app on Linux is Google.com?
0: Uh, actually, I use HaruPad the most under Linux. HaruPad, It is a Markdown editor that markdown,
1: is. If I'm aware of it, yes. Yeah, so a text editor in Google.com.
0: Um, mo almost more Duck Go and Reddit these days, but yeah. Well, uh, so
1: it sounds like Chrome is your killer app.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, w- I think Chrome is probably my most critical app. So
1: the Linux platform is not a useful platform to you. Well,
0: no, I use Chrome under Linux. You know but I'm it's saying. not
1: necessary. So uh, what right, I'm saying yeah. is we would remove OS 10 from the Jupyter Broadcasting workflow. You could not run your business effectively.
0: I wouldn't be able to do video production. I mean, I could, but I wouldn't. So
1: are you willing to say that you need OS 10?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Are you willing to say that OS 10 is better than Windows?
0: I've Yes, I've, but I've always been willing to say that. And are you
1: willing to say that you've been lying to the people of No, Linux? I've never lied about it. Lie all the time. <laughs> what are you talking
0: about? I In saw that GNOME 3.
1: Huh? I saw that GNOME 3. Right. If, that, if those bars were silver, that would be Mac. What? Huh? What kind of phone are you running?
0: What are you talking about, this GNOME 3? This, But you can't. See, that's not fair. What you're doing well, is you're claiming well, that GNOME well, ripped well, off well, Yosemite, but Yosemite came after GNOME 3. That doesn't make any sense. Gnome three has had this design for for years.
1: You know, now. You know Linux. Uh, you know, being a cancer that it is, I, I, and my good friend Steve told me this. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It tends to steal intellectual property from other operating systems and uh-huh. use them.
0: Y- you mean in the future? So you're saying the GNOME development team has a time machine? They went ahead well, and robbed ideas uh, from Apple. We all
1: remember the Samsung trial. Apple spent decades working on the intellectual property and the design language for all their systems. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So so. Let me ask you a question because you kind of dodged it. You know, I've seen some lovely Instagram pics of uh, your wife and kids and guys having a grand old time. Uh, wh- what device were those taken on?
0: Uh, it depends on what day it is. I carry the Nexus <laughs> Five and iPhone Five.
1: A- and your wife?
0: She has the iPhone 5S.
1: S. for superior. She's
0: always been an Apple fan. For, always, and
1: always. I had her. I had her on the wife. Oh, you're you're a stand-up guy. I so had her.
0: I, I had see. her on SUSA. Um and that went pretty badly, actually.
1: Okay, because SUSE was not appropriate for her needs and it was a unstable operating system. Is that why?
0: Uh for her, I think it came down to she had a she was in college at the time and she had a Windows app she had to run.
1: So, okay. So y- y- you're talking in circles and, and don't I don't run. understand. <laughs> so Matt, you're saying I'm Windows, talking in circles. Windows ways. is inferior. Yes. Oh, but 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 I it, you know, in that. this case windows is super well I think
0: what I think you know me I always come down to it depends on the job so like uh, if I wanted to play let's say a new game like a new Bioshock and it was only available for Windows well I've got enough machines that I could just load Windows on for a little while and play it and then I mean to me so it's you're,
1: just you're not devoted enough to the Linux cause to install wine and get the drivers to work basically
0: I think what it comes down to is uh, there are, are a lot of things uh, Linux is really good at and there's some things that Windows is better at and some things Mac OS X is better at. I think it's kind of just as simple as that.
1: And 10 things Linux on the
0: desktop is better at. For me, it's all about my workflow under Linux. Because- oh, here we go. It's a personal preference. Well, no, uh, yes, in a sense, I suppose it is. So do you I- know why I'm doing this to you? Why? Do you-, you can't figure it well, out? Well, I- do you want to hear why I like Okay,
1: go I ahead. I can tell you why, why I'm, doing- why I'm torturing you I want to
0: tell you why I like the GNOME 3 desktop.
1: Oh, I know why. So the truth is, I've been very disturbed by the volatility in the Linux community. Oh. And um, I realized something. If I could turn them against you, you guys would just implode. (laughs) Like, like, really, you're the last one. You're the last sane Linux commentator around.
0: Uh, Maybe. That could be true. That could be true. No,
1: it's definitely true. Because I listen to several, and I read several Linux sites. (laughs) I don't know if like all your pot got laced with crack and everybody just went off the fucking rails, <laughs> but I tell you, Leonard Pottering says two little things and everybody goes. Rar!
0: Yeah, you know I have. do You want to hear my? do You want to hear my real hippy dippy crazy <laughs> theory about this? I do. You think maybe like when when real bad stuff is going on in the world, it, like stresses people out, like kind of like at a low level irritation level, and then they take it out in like other ways, like in stuff that doesn't quite matter as much. Like, so if people are getting like, this constant fear pounded in them about Ebola and ISIS, maybe like, they're getting a little more stressed out than normal, so then they snap over smaller stuff, even though they don't even realize it's almost like a redirection of anxiety.
1: I'm sorry, there is a very creepy Linux person right at my door staring in.
0: <laughs> you gotta, this is why we've got to have a video show so I can see this. Because uh, yeah, I've noticed it seems to be really bad lately, too. Um, so so why, why the hatred? Why? The, I mean, obviously,
1: Linux is great on the server and on embedded systems. Well, but yeah,
0: because there's no flame wars in the Ruby community or the Mac community, or the you know. I mean, yeah, it happens the, everywhere.
1: Okay, but the Ruby community and the Mac community are full of psychos, like <laughs> quite uh, literally sociopaths. Yeah, I, yeah, a little bit, especially that Mac community over there.
0: I know it is too bad. It is too bad um, because everybody wants it to be the. I think what it is is that expectation. That everybody wants it to be the open source Kumbaya party. Where everybody is uh, braiding each other's hair and uh, code is flowing freely, but it just you know it's just not how humans work.
1: So okay, l- l- let's get down to tech because you know I, th- I think the people have um, enjoyed me torturing you a little bit. Lay it on, Mister uh, Dominic. Because so we know there's people who stopped listening about ten minutes into the show and are <laughs> writing their hate mail feverishly right.
0: Now. <laughs> yes, uh,
1: I don't actually hate Linux except for Linux people. Uh, um, I don't actually <laughs> hate Linux except for Fedora. <laughs> I wow. only hate arch users. There we go. Proprietary Ooh. software is not ethical. Hey, get out of here with that.
0: Okay, all right. I don't know what you're talking about. Did you did you hear the voice of someone? That might be your conscious.
1: It's my conscious,
0: yeah. or meds? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being thrown the finger twice from a resident arch user here. Who knows? So why can't we be friends well so, so maybe you should stay because you you'll have a better grasp than i do what was the initial issue
0: well so i think when uh, when uh went to the web he's you know it's funny because it's it's a lot of people say well you're just you're just as bad as anybody else but what what really has happened is and i've seen i think i looked at this with a little bit of understanding when he did this because i've talked a lot about system d and that's what mm. lennart has been behind and I've gotten a lot of crap for being sort of pro-System D. I've gotten a lot of junk for okay,
1: that. On a technical perspective, System D is, it, right. you know, it... it right, right. There people may are, be critiques, but it's right. hard to be totally against it. People I mean, are more just... worried
0: about some potential bugs that maybe people are, you know, that everybody, some people have a pet bug. That's one, that's one often complaint. Right. Uh, the other one is what could potentially happen. That's another common complaint. And then a third uh, tier complaint is it's not the Unix philosophy, it's not the Unix way. And usually it's, somebody falls in, the, in that spectrum. And I've gotten people who have been really cool about it, and I've gotten people who want me to shut the F up and get off the air now because I've damaged Linux forever right and so i, I, I can imagine I wanna, gets, since he's the one developing it, that so
1: let's for the sake of argument agree that system d is an interesting advancement right. but flawed and needs some work maybe is that a yeah. fair starting point i, 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 I think, i'm not sure that it really needs too much more
0: work. i i i don't even know if that's fair to be honest i would say that it's uh, oh and now we're having stream problems. I would say so we might have oh, Skype problems in a minute. No,
1: maybe they weren't writing hate mail. They might have been pointing their little ion cannons. I never be, know.
0: I would say it's it was it's more than just uh I'd say it's necessary to keep Linux competitive in mm-hmm. cloud hosting, quote unquote. And so right,
1: BSD is, you know, objectively better than Linux. I, I I think we can say that.
0: I don't think it necessarily is for the job at hand of cloud hosting though. Um and I think that's be- I think cause there are a lot of things that make a system better and part of it is your user base, your deployment base. Chris, Chris yeah.
1: why can't I get you to say something mean about Linux?
0: I like Linux. I I'm not a huge FreeBSD fan. I think it's a great system. I'm not a huge fan we're, of it. Myself. We're
1: talking server side though, right? Yeah. So, all right. why would system D violate Linux? In what way does it not? I mean, it obviously works from a technical perspective. So there's no like, you know, here's rational. The, here's the
0: argument I could get behind. Like if I was going to make an right. anti-system D argument, my argument would be that system D could eventually become that thing that is so big that when you make a change it affects so many Linux distributions across so many systems that it, people become afraid to poke it very much. And it kind of slows down progress of new features in Linux because it becomes this massive thing that has to be all things to all distros across all hardware architectures. And it becomes this complex mess of code. That uh, so it's
1: the monolithic versus not basically. It's not
0: truly based. monolithic though, because it's it's basically a lot of independent tools that speak to each other right. over a common API. Like there is and, no and there is no
1: system D binary to my right, knowledge. SystemD like, right. Yeah, system D is more of a collection of little utilities. Is yeah. that is that
0: fair? I don't want to yeah. misrepresent. Yes, correct.
1: Okay, so to me that is the Linux Unix way of I have a like I mean come on let's think about your most basic utilities ls, fucking pipe, vim, right? You yes. just yeah little utilities working in concert right. to do something um, beyond their initial right. capability. Now, it's
0: just different, though, because they're not using pipes, right? They're using, like, you know, a They're a doing a the little protocol Right, and then, yeah, they it's going to a binary about. log and instead of a text log and things like that, too. So, there's,
1: so is it that system D is not super interoperable with, outs- or, or is that even true? Is it true that system D is not interoperable with other utilities? Not
0: necessarily. So, for example, uh, right now, in order to, like, get a login session, uh, in GNOME, you have to have System D, but uh, Ubuntu doesn't have System D, so they just wrote their own piece that talks to the necessary APIs, and they sort of put a shunt in that works for them, and so they're so, able. So that to comp- seems
1: to me the very spirit of open source, though, yeah, right? I we have a so. system.
0: Yeah, I think so. We
1: that's don't true. agree with what you did, the but you know is, what?
0: The issue is it keeps taking over more and more stuff, but a lot of that is stuff that is sort of not been getting recent development, and so it's stuff that's sort of been not. Currently developed and needs a replacement, anyways. So they've sort of incorporated it into the System D project.
1: All right, so let me ask you this: you know, and and, and we're trying to avoid the flamey stuff, but it's hard because I like flame wars. Is it possible that System D is gaining so much share, so much mind share, even that it's just better?
0: I think that's what it. I, I think fundamentally okay. see the like on, on a
1: practical like I have a job to do forget about yeah. philosophy right yeah. a practical I have a job to do I would like to not get fired this week right um,
0: I think I think that's what it comes down to is right. there is a lot of there's a lot of people in the whole s- debate there's a lot of there's a lot of room in this debate for people on all ends of the spectrum and there's the sysadmins in the middle that need things like socket activation and process mm-hmm. isolation okay. and uh, you know like for example I use System D here at the studio to mount our front-end servers, our front-end virtual Arch servers to the back-end FreeNAS NFS storage. And I use SystemD to manage that, so that way if our network ever gets interrupted, which does happen because we're having, we're having Comcast issues, and sometimes we reboot the switch and stuff, SystemD automatically will restart the services that need to be network-aware, re- but first it will mount that NFS share to make sure that all of the files those services need are available, and it will do all of that for me automatically. And in the past, I would have either had to script that or have another system that would notice the NFS mount had died, reestablish that mount, and then go reboot all of the services that refer to files on that mount. And now Systemd does all of that for me, and I never even had to tell it. It just knew because it knew those things need networking access, and they connected to this. And so therefore, this is those are all dependent upon this, so start this first.
1: Well, so why is that a bad thing? No, it's a great right? thing. That, that, that's that a sounds great like thing. a feature.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It seems and, and then when you think of it in the context of mobile laptops and smartphones where people are moving between Wi-Fi hotspots and connections are dropping and reestablishing between Wi-Fi and cellular, it becomes mandatory. This is why I say systemd to me doesn't feel like it's a nice to have. It feels like it's fundamentally required for Linux to stay competitive as it gets used on things like Android and Firefox OS and Chromebooks and, and all of these things
1: keep that's, going. Well, so, so so, that's the argument for, right? right? That's the argument I would agree with. Yeah. What's the counter?
0: The counter argument would be, I suppose, that it's too much. It's too much power. It's also, it's also, There's a lot of counter arguments. It's too much power isolated to Red Hat. Red Hat has too much influence now over all of Linux. But I don't think that's a fair argument because there's a lot of different developers from a lot of different companies, including SUSE, Intel, you know, a lot of companies. So I'm not... I, I honestly, even despite all the emails, I have not totally solidified a really solid anti-system D argument because the ones that I find to be the most compelling are the ones that are what-if scenarios that we could avoid as long as really talented people keep working on it. And I, I think a little bit is people don't have faith that faith that things can just be worked out, that sometimes you have to move forward and then make it work. And it seems to be like the technical crowd wants a technical masterpiece before we even start working on it. Right. And I think if you look at things like Wayland, that's why Wayland has taken so long, is because it spent years and years and years to make it this perfect masterpiece, and then they started actually laying down code. Well, right?
1: to be fair, like Wayland has other problems. And sure. You know, have, and, I don't think, that's I don't think it's very practical, though.
0: I think sometimes it's like, and sometimes it's a little bit of the problem I have with Google, where they hire these doctors and these professors and they make you do these, because I've, I've interviewed at Google and they have you do these, well they used to at least, have you do these crazy ass intellectual tests and all of these things. And, and then they get all of these great thinkers in at Google to do what? to spy on us, I don't know what. And it's like they come basic, up with these great but, concepts of the way everything should be in the world, and then you, so you get to me, it comes across as not only just a little arrogant, but sort of mental masturbation a little bit. And sometimes you just have to move forward with something and then work out the issues as they come up. And sometimes the only way you really find the actual issues is by having that code in production. You just have to make sure you're doing it at the right time, and I think it's pretty clear that it's the right time for system D. All
1: right, so let, let, let's you know, let's fast forward a little bit. Leave that where it lays. I'm sure people can hate mail us and whatever. So the system D discussion slash bitch fest is going on in the background. That's been going on for some time now. What recently happened that made you turn on the community? Me? Oh, did you not did you hear that? I thought you were just gonna say, okay, damn. <laughs> so there was a bit of a dust up, am I am I wrong? I mean,
0: yeah, uh, I mean, I don't really know exactly what got Lenart to go out there and say we need to stop having an asshole, an asshole community. I think he just wanted, I think he got sick and tired of everybody thinking that it's a big hug fest constantly.
1: So, I mean, you, you kind of, what did he actually say, right? You, you're kind of like glossing over
0: the you, Are you trying show? to get me to mention the fact that he called out Linus because he's saying that uh, Linus, I- Linus sets the tone and therefore the, uh, the the fish rots from the head down?
1: You know, I might be leading you on a primrose path here. I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know if I agree with that.
1: Okay, so so what is his argument? You, you work it out. Remember, I'm just a Mac guy. I don't know. I, I, uh, Leonard Pottering, I thought he was the guy who made my drink this morning. Uh.
0: Leonard's argument would be that because Linus can swear at people and yell at them, that therefore other people in the Linux community see the head of the Linux community doing that, quote-unquote, if you could call him that, and therefore think it's okay for them to lead their communities that way.
1: Okay, so so why don't I just read it to you then,
0: huh? Okay, yeah, I was looking for it, but I don't see it. But he's he's busy it. on Google Plus.
1: So right? he opens. I don't usually talk about this too much, and hence I figure that people are not really aware of this. But yes, the open source community is full of a hashtag at ampersand o l e s. I presume he means donut holes, and I probably and I probably more than most others and one of their favorite targets. Well, you're kind of a jerk off. I've seen your 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 talks. Ouch. Uh, well, come on. The, what was the talk in Germany where that poor kid was trying to show off his, his theory and Leonard jumps on stage and destroys him? Like, Yeah. Well, Leonard – hey, you know, He you says really I put you so a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I mean you should save your criticism for after. But um, anyway, I get hate mail for hacking on open source. Mm. People have started multiple petitions on – OK, so this is wrong, right? Like people starting petitions to get him to stop doing stuff. Like, like that's not right. Um. And then he goes on, and then he has this thing about line. This is quite the rant, by the way. I'm impressed. Um, okay, so basically, would you agree that his argument is, Pottering's argument is, it stinks from the top, right? The fish yes. smells from the top. Yeah, he goes on the to say the reason little, this l- is this way is because Linus is a dick. Would uh, you say that Linus volts is a dick?
0: He can be, yeah. Yeah, very much so.
1: So you're on the record. Saying that Linus Torvalds is the dick, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show.
0: <laughs> you know what, though, I, I you know I'll follow up that with Linus says. Linus says that uh, uh, people who get offended by things like that should be offended by things like that, and I agree.
1: That is a meaningless platitude.
0: No, what I mean, what he means by that is if. If you're the type of person who is going to take what somebody else puts out there and you're going to put that on yourself and get all upset about it, that's on you. It's your that you you are the one choosing to be offended and upset by the thing somebody else is saying. When it's obviously there's degrees to that truth and there's, you know, obviously arguments for when that's not the case. Right. But when so, you're talking so- like, "Hey, your code sucks." and it probably does suck. You know, right. you can choose to get super upset about that, or so you there's can...
1: There's between an attack on the work and an attack on the person, right? right?
0: That's what I'm saying. The
1: other thing is, let me, let me give you... Because I've been a little cheeky with and kind of a jerk with a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, let me, let me give you what I actually feel like happened here. Because I, I have been following the whole thing, and I'm just asking Chris questions to get him to say stupid things. <laughs> to me, this seems like something straight out of the Apple community, where celebrity A... You know, it's top dog, and Celebrity B is not quite there, so he's a little bit unhappy about it. You know, you know, realizes he's kind of plateaued. As long as Celebrity A is alive, he's not going to get anywhere. He can't go much higher.
0: That's an interesting take. Uh, some people have also said that yeah, Lenard's kind of building like a. Uh, well, he, he
1: he's built his brand, right? right? We can we can do this now. Um, so far, and, and remember, this is in fact we had a Reddit commenter say something about you know individuals taking tests for clients and like I don't agree with that because oh, I feel yeah, like yeah. I you're meant to a read that I about that yeah yeah if you're a contractor unless you always want to work alone you really shouldn't worry too much about a personal brand in fact that can be a detriment to you at the end of the day I feel like all this is is like pottering can't go any higher than he already is so he's got to pick fights he's got to make moves especially when you think about it the way just finances work in the linux community it's all about celebrity right there
0: so you think it's a conscious decision
1: uh, conscious or unconscious i think if i think if there was more upward mobility for him i think he would be less upset
0: i guess i do see some up like uh, so uh, right now i think he's starting to get involved in uh, containerized applications for gnome to do like sandboxed apps that are sort of deployed in a docker like container uh, and he's kind of been working... So I don't know. I, I feel like there is more areas. I've always seen Linart as someone who's going to, like, find the next big area in Linux that has to be sort of really kind of cleaned up, and it might be the hard work that nobody likes or wants to do. And I still think there's room for that. He could keep doing that for a while and keep building a name for himself doing that.
1: Well, I think he has, right? And, and I think... In in a way, you know, reading his comments, I think he's a little surprised at how negative some of the reactions to the things has done. Yeah. Now, having said that. I see
0: what you're saying.
1: If you, you know, I actually, he's a very smart person. I, I, I think he's one of probably the better developers of our time. But he's not the nicest guy himself. Like, you can go on YouTube and see him jump on stage at other people's presentation and watch him destroy the person in public, which is not really right but
0: how come every time we hear about something amazing being created it takes people like that to do it
1: right because you have to be enough of a jerk to live through the criticism right i mean at some point you have to have enough of the ego to not let it get to you or to just not read emails <laughs> or read them and torture the person who said he wasn't listening to the show for three months i mean you just have to be a bad person like your average linux user
0: wow wow we're back on that wow I love it. Hey, we should take a break here and uh, thank yes. our next sponsor, and that's DigitalOcean. <laughs> DigitalOcean. dot com. You've probably heard of DigitalOcean, but if you haven't, you should really, really check it out. And keep our promo code in mind when you go over there. It's code or October to get a ten dollar credit. Let me tell you a little bit about. DigitalOcean I've got several droplets now myself and they rock. DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting provider dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way for you to spin up a cloud server. you can get started in less than 55 seconds, and pricing plans start only five dollars per month, which you get you 512 megabytes of RAM, a 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU and a terabyte of transfer for five dollars. And DigitalOcean has data center locations in New York. San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, and London. So you can get some nice global diversity tie if you'd like it. And their interface is simple. It's really amazing. It's super powerful yet incredibly intuitive. And you can get all of the functionality replicated on your own. So you can script it or integrate it with your management infrastructure. Take advantage of some of the community apps using DigitalOcean's straightforward API. And, something new for you DigitalOcean customers who might be an expert on something. DigitalOcean is paying authors 100 to $200 for technical tutorials because they really want to bring the quality of the DigitalOcean tutorials up to a level that's beyond what anybody else has and they're willing to pay to make that happen. And they'll also work with you. They have editors that will work with you when you write your tutorials, So it's not all on your shoulders. So if you've got a topic you're an expert on and you know how to deploy it on the DigitalOcean infrastructure, get a hold of them. We'll have a link in the show notes. It's on their community site, get-paid2-write, uh, digitalocean.com slash community. But we'll have a link in the show notes. could be a great way to make a little extra cash if you are kind of... If you've deployed something, like I, I realized I, I probably could have done something like this for getting on cloud seven when I first did it. Because I think now there's some guides on how to do it. But I think I was one of the first to deploy on cloud seven on a digital ocean droplet because I did it like the night it came out. And uh, that w- I don't know if that would qualify. But that's an area where something I figured out how to get it working. I wrote up my own steps for it. I probably could have turned that into a tutorial and made a little cache on the side. So it's a great opportunity for a lot of you who know your stuff and been using DigitalOcean for a little while. And don't forget to use our promo code CODEROCTOBER when you check out to get that $10 credit. You can try out the $5 rig for free for two months. They don't rebill your card either, so you don't have to worry about something like that. You charge your account up, and uh, that $10 credit will just go right in there, and you can use it. DigitalOcean.com, promo code CODEROCTOBER when you check out. And a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. Uh did you have anything else you wanted to accuse me of, Mr. Dominic? I did have a really great pick. A really great pick. Like a super great pick. Best pick.
1: Yeah, ever. you know, I just want to say this. Um all the anti-Linux stuff, Chris emailed me and told me he would drown my kitten <laughs> if I didn't read it. I, I, I am a I big Linux fan. I thought
0: I thought you were a dog person.
1: So more lies from Chris Fisher. <laughs> more lies. Wow, you're right. You know what this is? This is egregious.
0: That is egregious. That is egregious. Uh, no, all first, right,
1: this is going to be a beautiful one for YouTube comments.
0: Are you ready for my pick? Are you ready for this?
1: What's What's your pick?
0: I think I think I found this in the Coda Radio subreddit. I tagged it a few days ago, so you'll have to apologize. It's inspired from a classic Xfce comic. You know the old uh, make me a sandwich then uh, doesn't make a sandwich? Pseudo make me a sandwich. Pseudo make me a yes. sandwich, right? Well, in the show notes, we have a command line application that will automatically order make you a sandwich, a sandwich from yep. Jimmy John's. It'll actually it'll run you through the order process right on the command line, and then it'll place an order to Jimmy John's, and they will bring you a sandwich. And the funny thing about this is I often have a Jimmy John's sandwich before quarter radio. I didn't today. Mm-hmm. I went out to breakfast with the wife at a at a local uh, diner that's amazing, uh, but I normally normally get a Jimmy John sandwich before Coda radio programs, so it's pretty great. You install it, npm install g make me a sandwich, and then you just run make me a sandwich in your terminal. If you want straight to straight, if you do want to stay true to the comic, you can do sudo make me a sandwich, and uh, they show you the order JSON file right here. So you could go in. you could you could it can prompt you or you could fill it in. Put in your address information, your order.
1: And then boom. What is Jimmy John's? Wait a minute.
0: So you don't like, have that on the East Coast?
1: No, we oh, have real restaurants. Oh,
0: well, now this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's not like it's. I'm not saying Jimmy John's is some great restaurant. It's 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 a step up above. You got Subway, right?
1: It's like it's like a, it's a we, we sub do, shop. Yeah, they're, they're not huge here. Well, yeah. maybe I mean they're not huge in Meyer. We, you know, if you want a sandwich Meyer, there's a lot of like Italian delis, like Jewish delis, places like that. You you really the chains don't do great.
0: They uh, they're like a, they're like a, they're like a step above the rest sandwich stop that does delivery. That's the. Key so is this thing like a quick
1: check or a Wawa? Like uh, I could get a sandwich or.
0: It's only a sandwich place. It's the only thing they oh. do, and the oh. thing. But the best part is, is you can order online. I mean, let, I'm not. Oh, let's that's not, awesome. Yeah, let's yeah, not kid yeah, yeah. ourselves. That's why I. That's why I like it because I don't have to get off my my butt, and they just bring. And the other thing is, they bring sandwiches super quick, like under fifteen minutes. Uh, so yeah, and there's a bug tracker right now. You can find uh like uh my Jimmy John sandwich had no sprouts uh sprouts. Jimmy John's owner kills exotic animals for fun you know things like that that belong in the github uh, bug tracker you can always rely what? on you can always rely on the community is this true yeah those are, the, those are some of the bugs on the sam- make me a sandwich script <laughs> you can always rely on the community right uh so very good and we'll have a link to the Jimmy John's uh, make me a sandwich command i just i just wanted to reflect for a moment that uh, you can order a sandwich now from the command line. It's a combination of Node.js, so now, this JS. is open
1: source. So theoretically, if I can convince my local pizzeria,
0: right, right, yeah, you just got they got to have like an API or something. That because this thing's got to be calling something that Jimmy Johns makes available,
1: but right, sure, sure.
0: Pretty funny, pretty funny. All right, Mr. Dominic, well, that's going to wrap us up here on the Coda Radio program. We're still discussing uh, New Times because it's hard, super hard to figure that out. Uh, uh, so,
1: so, Chris has a drinking problem? Yeah. Um,
0: right, right. Okay, let's just keep going with this. <laughs> yeah, and uh,
1: after. Guess what? His favorite drink is Apple Teenies.
0: Oh! And after this, after Monday, about this time, I just, I'm so drunk, I can't do any shows. So. He
1: is. He's, he he's, you know, he's actually a nightmare. It's, it's, yeah, em- yeah, yeah.
0: it's embarrassing, really.
1: He goes home and he yeah. reads a Steve Jobs bio.
0: You think I quit contracting? No, it's just I couldn't stand working on PCs anymore because I'm such an Apple fan. Such a he Apple is.
1: fan. He he works at a Starbucks exclusively. That's where he is right now.
0: Hold on. i got to go update my uh, packages on my Archbox. All right, Mr. Dominic. Where should people find you throughout the week?
1: uh, You know what? I don't think I want to talk to anybody this week. Okay.
0: Very good. Very good. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Chris Elias. Don't forget, you can go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to find out when the Coda Radio program is live. And We'd love to get your feedback, so we have all kinds of things to read next week. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com and click that contact link. Send us in your thoughts. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Coda Radio. See you right back here next week. Get it out of here.